Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, friends and foes alike. I am the West Virginia woman, Robin Holstein of RobinHolstein.com and Holstein House, where my guests get a good night's sleep at a fair rate plus breakfast. I've been keeping house since I was 17 years old, balancing the budget and paying the bills as an army wife on the salary of a PFC stationed at Fort Hood, Texas, and as a single mother of two back home in West Virginia. Things have changed a lot since then, but I haven't forgotten what it was like. This podcast looks at society and cultural issues affecting families in West Virginia and in the United States, from food preparation and storage, gardening, home repairs, current events, and more. We'll go round the table and back in 60 minutes or less. So let's hang out and talk a while. Let's see, where am I at now? Hello, hello, hello. I am recording this in the morning, so good morning. I don't know what time you'll be listening to it, but right now it's morning. It is actually Thursday morning, November the 17th. I've got eight gazillion things happening all at the same time. But this is episode 10 Yes, episode 10. I'm really, <laughs> I know nobody else is all as excited as I am. But uh, as far as regular episodes, now I did I did talk a little bit the other day about um, that I had done those two readings uh, for Veterans Day. So I don't count those. Those were kind of a special, special edition things. But anyways, today there is another round of appointments for my dad. You'll remember Monday I had to take dad to his uh, pulmonologist. He, dad's on a CPAP and he also has had a blood clot in the lung. Now that was, um, we know how that happened. Excuse me, I'm gonna adjust this a little bit. Hopefully it won't make too much noise. We know how that happened. Dad was in a T-bone accident back in 2002 I think it was December about this time of the year no it was closer to Christmas in 2002 he was pulling out from town here where we live it's just a little rural county community not incorporated and our primary entrance at that point was off of US 60 which is in our in front of our place is a four-lane highway and um, it's a, it's it's kind of still yet even a little little tricky to get out of town. But at the time, there were no traffic signals for miles, so you could get up a pretty good head of steam coming up through here before you had to worry about a traffic signal. And sometimes you could think you were clear to pull out because another vehicle was turning right as you're trying to pull out and turn left. But there would be uh, another vehicle in the blind spot so that, in Dad's case, it was a a utility truck um, for walker machinery, catwalker machinery. And, you know, they have the big toolboxes on the back of the truck bed, like a dually pickup kind of thing with a 
uh, those metal toolboxes on the back. So, you know, dad's, dad's pulling out of town, which is on a little bit of an incline. And the, the, the utility truck is turning right into town. And dad is going to cross those lanes of traffic going east and, and he's going to get into the westbound lane. Well, what dad can't see is there is a, a small truck coming up along the side of this utility truck because we didn't have a turn lane either. And so when dad pulls out, he gets T-boned just barely behind the driver's seat of his, uh, of his GMC truck. If it had hit dad's truck about six inches to the left, dad would have been dead. He would have been a goner because that truck would have just smashed right into the driver's not only the driver's door, but the center of the driver's door. And the speed that the guy was going, which was not uh, above the speed limit, but I mean, at 55 miles an hour and you hit somebody T-bone, it was just bad. But anyway, Dad got tore up pretty bad, but not as bad as he could have. He was on a uh, blood thinner, and so he bled quite a bit from just, he got a lot of glass. His his The left side of his face hit the... Uh, uh, passenger glass it shattered it cut his face up pretty bad and um, at the same time it jammed him forward and his his knee slammed into the stuff that's just below the dashboard just below the steering column and tore up his left knee pretty bad well oh I don't know how long it was after that he'd pretty well healed after that but I want to say it was about six months or so. I may be wrong, but I want to say about six months or so. His his superficial wounds had all healed up. He was, you know, long time home and stuff. Uh, he ended up just kind of keeling over in the laundry room at, at, at his house. And mom called in a panic and my brother-in-law went over there and he'd been a paramedic. And went, about the time I got there, he said, raise his feet, get the blood, you know, back in the upper part of his body so I raised his feet the ambulance was on its way anyway the shorter version of that story is that a blood clot had developed around the knee we believe because of the damage to his knee had come loose when he was uh, climbing a couple stairs coming in the back door to the laundry room area <coughs> lodged in his lung my brother-in-law telling me to lift his feet helped the blood flow um, just not totally dislodge the clot, but the, it was enough that there was able to be blood flow around the clot, so that Dad didn't die right there in front of us. And it was it was kind of a gruesome sight. Dad was really gray. I mean, the kind of gray when people die and stuff. But <coughs> anyway, so he's um, he's not over that in that he's still on medication for it and always will be, but he's not had a blood clot since. So. I praise the Lord for that and my brother-in-law's paramedic knowledge and stuff. But, um, oh, that's why, he was going, that's why he was initially going to the pulmonologist. And then he had a sleep study and they decided he needed the CPAP machine. And then they decided, well, that's not good enough. He needs a BiPAP machine, which is a little different type of machine, but it does the same kind of thing. It keeps pressure going um, into the lungs, air pressure going into the lungs so that dad doesn't stop breathing in his sleep. So his was a little worse than just a snoring issue with a soft palate in the upper part of the uh, 
of the nose or the mouth and the back of the nose. His was he was actually not breathing in his sleep. So <laughs> there's that more than you wanted to know. So um, I got dad to the pulmonologist on Monday, took him over. He had a prescription for new uh, glasses, eyeglasses, took him over to a uh, place to have those made. Then uh, brought him home. Tuesday, I had stuff to catch up on around here because when you take Dad out like that, you have to feed Dad. So after his pulmonology appointment, we went out to eat his lunch, make sure he got something decent to eat for the day because he doesn't eat that great. And um, then go order his glasses. And that took a while because he really didn't want to spend the money. I'm like, Dad, this is really not big money. You're talk the lenses are, are the most expensive part, your bifocals, and oh, how much were they? I think they were around 120 bucks for the, just for the lenses. And then his glasses, his frames weren't very expensive, about $60. And he didn't like paying that much, but honestly, that's, that's not bad for a pair of bifocals. And um, so then I had Tuesday kind of to myself but I had stuff to do here and things to catch up and errands to run so I wasn't here at the house the whole time yesterday I took my sister to uh, her cardiologist she hadn't been in a long time and they made her come through as a new patient and um, she talked to him and her echocardiogram sounded good and but she's gonna have to have stress test and uh, which is not unexpected let me just put it that way. It's not unexpected. I don't, I don't see this one as being one of those just getting you in there for an extra visit. Now, after she has the stress test and stuff, then we'll talk. <laughs> Come in here every six months. Well, but this particular appointment, she has needed to, to do this for probably eight years or more. She really has, but she just doesn't do it. Um, let's see, so I got her to her appointment, we stopped and had some lunch, ate too much lunch, got back here, got sleepy, nodded off about a half hour in the chair because I just was tired. Been waking up about 2.30 in the morning here. Sometimes I can nod back off, but mostly I'm not, and I'm, there is a lot going on, and I'm suspecting that it's a stress-related thing. Um, not just with the holidays. I love the holidays. I love having family in. I don't like to entertain, like have a bunch of strange people from his work or something come in and, you know, nose around the house and paw all over everything. But I like to have the family and our, our closer friends in all the time and, or frequently, I should say. They're not here all the time. And, and so we're gearing up for that. Or I am. He wouldn't, <laughs> he doesn't care either way. Um, but uh, so the traditional holiday stressors type of things, the um, the house is kind of out of whack for where I like to have it, just in case we get a last minute uh, B and B reservation. I really wouldn't want somebody to come in right now. I mean, it's not filthy; it's just cluttered. I've got I've, I've laid stuff down and darted out the door all week because of the number of things that's going on, and I've got to stop long enough to get it cleaned up. <coughs> But today is not going to be one of those days. I'm stopping and doing this. I probably won't get it loaded till this afternoon, even though 
I'm going to record a little bit now. I may have to come back later. You probably won't notice the difference. But anyway, I have to take Dad to another appointment today. This is a dermatology appointment. He's got very, very fair complexion. He's had quite a few melanomas taken off. Um, and so he goes in regularly for that. Now, that I don't have a problem with. Skin cancers can pop up and spread in no time. He had one on the top of his left hand that popped up, and it just kind of looked to me like a wart. But he knew because he'd seen him and had him before and had him removed. He said, I got to get that taken off. I said, okay, I'll call him. We got in, I don't know, about a week after that. And she said, oh, yeah. And so she, she took it off and stitched him up and bandaged him up. And um, But he has he has all kinds of little spots, mostly melanoma. I think that particular one was a basal cell. But he has. He's had a lot of melanoma taken off, so he knows. But this is a regular appointment. Probably going to have a spot or two taken off because almost every time he goes in, they do. And really, that's a big deal. But skin cancer can get away from you. You don't even know what you're looking at. I mean, it's, you can look at those charts on the walls and think you know what you're talking about, but then there's a freckle. Or you think it's a freckle, and it's really not a freckle. And you ignore it because you think it's just a freckle. But then down the road, it's it's not. So a melanoma can met metastasize quickly and just viciously so especially if you're ferro-complected talk to your general practitioner at your next appointment if not before about getting a referral to a dermatologist just for us just for a once over just have them look at you and tell you whether you're at risk you know because you know when I I'm 57 I'm not ashamed of that I almost look 57 <laughs> But, uh, you know, when I was a kid, 50 years ago, you didn't, you did, we didn't have sunblock and sunscreen. You had sun lotion. And the best you could help, hope to do was to keep your skin moisturized so that when you did get burnt, it didn't crack and, and flake off while you were walking down the street. So, we, you know, the deal's done for us. And keep your kids, keep your kids lotioned up or sunblocked up. You know, don't. It's hard when you're when they're kids. They don't. We don't, and we didn't either. We didn't really understand what it meant. Y you don't have a reference when you're a kid to what it is to be old. You can see old people. You can see what happens to old people, and that can put an imprint on you. But we don't have that particular experience, so it, it can be tough, tough to get the kids to uh, to pay attention. And all that to say, I got to take Dad to another checkup today at the dermatologist his glasses are ready so I gotta run him out to pick up his glasses and we don't have a place close so it's almost 30 miles to go pick his glasses up one way one way and oh by the way that far if we were going straight to pick up his glasses it would be about 30 miles we're going to the dermatologist and that's about 28 now, it's more than two miles over from the dermatologist to where he's getting his glasses, so we're probably talking about another six miles there. And then, but so all, t all told today, I'm going to be running about 80 miles round trip. And we've got to run out to where he gets his um, 
to the medical supply place where he gets his supplies for his BiPAP machine to, um, he, he had one of those that was recalled. And the, so they sent him the machine, but they didn't send him anything like the hoses and the mask and all that stuff. And we need to, we need to go in there and pick up new ones because he shouldn't be putting the old ones on a new machine. You know, he needs to have fresh new equipment all the way around. Anyway, so there's that. Um, I mean, I'm an, I'm an adult daughter. I'm a grown daughter, you know, and my dad's at the age where it's up to me now. And he raised me, and I am obligated by faith and by my own conscience to help take care of my dad in his, in his latter years. I, I believe that it's my duty as a daughter to be close by for my parents. Well, mom's gone, but you know what I mean. Dad, uh, there, there should just be somebody here. And he shouldn't have to worry about it. He shouldn't have to worry about how to get from point A. And, it, you know, we don't live in, in the city where, you know, he can just walk two blocks to the pharmacy. It doesn't work that way here. It's a mile at least to the pharmacy. And it's not a block in the city where there's sidewalks either. So I think we've had that conversation before. But I've got to, um, today, I've got to get on the ball, get some tidying up done, make sure I'm presentable if we have some guests come in this weekend on their way north or south, east or west for the holidays. Um, I don't generally have the calendar open during the holidays. So like Wednesday, I would have it blocked through Sunday so that, you know, family can come in. We can have our dinners. I'm not worried about trying to get bedding changed and things cleaned and, you know, stuff like that. But the house is really <laughs> really a mess and I need to get that tidied up and it's part of the B&B and, and and as small as I am and I often say Airbnb because I started out there and it's just a habit but part of what I do at Holstein House is I like to have homemade breads and I don't have any made <laughs> so I've got to get my sourdough out get it fed get it started and and get it going so that I can have some sourdough. Um, I, I like to have the sourdough bread. I make bagels and English muffins as well. I don't have any of those ready. And you don't just whip them together out of a mix. You know, when you're working with sourdough, you, you have sourdough. You keep it. You keep it fed on standby. But when you go to use it, you have to, you, you mix it. You have to let it raise. You have to do this, that, and the other. Why do I always get the hiccups when I'm doing these? But I want to get that done. I need to get um, some of the uh, uh, things taken downstairs from the warmer weather season, like some of the dishes and stuff that I have kind of stacked to the side for my guests uh, and uh, get some of those things boxed up and put up till till spring. And Because, um, I, I mean, I don't have the most... The most that I have are two guests because it's just one room with a full-size bed. The most I'm setting for breakfast is two. So I like to pick up um, cute little place settings, and they don't even have to be the same pattern as long as they kind of go together. And a mismatched table is, is kind of a 
you know, farm lifestyle kind of thing. People make a big deal out of it. But um, I have some really nice, they're not, it's not china, it's stoneware, but I have some nice stoneware dishes that all match. And then I have my mismatched pieces that are just kind of fun and eclectic and really that's me, eclectic. I, I, I just am. I just am. So I'm going to be doing that today, uh, getting that tidied up before I have to take Dad down the road. I've got a small, now this is, this is one that you wouldn't expect. I, on an auction site, I won a small guitar. I was looking for my flashlight. I don't see it. And it's like a child size guitar, but it's a Suzuki. And I, the reason I want to find my flashlight, I want to read in the back there. Uh, it's an SSG1. It's a Suzuki Musical Instrument Manufacturing Company Limited, Hamamatsu, Japan. Now, that may or may not tell you anything, and it, I may be totally wrong. I have another one. Oh, I bet this is not a good one because it's got a sticker on the back with the model and serial number. Oh, I bet I just, well, it's still going to be fine, but it's not what I think thought it was. I have an old Suzuki guitar in the other room that belonged to my uncle. And when he passed away, my, my cousin said, here, do you want this? And I said, sure. Well, I brought it home that he, he was in Florida. I brought it home and Wayne just went bananas over it. And he said it is the most beautiful sounding acoustic guitar he's ever heard. And some of his musical buddies said the same thing. And more than one of them tried to get him to sell it. I'm like, you're not selling my guitar while I'm alive. If I go first, you can sell it pay for my funeral but not and I don't even play but I can't get my hand around the neck so it's very uncomfortable for me I, you know I didn't grow up doing that so my hands aren't stretched out to to get around the neck of a guitar but if this one it needs new strings the strings are busted but if this one has a similar sound and we get it good and cleaned up it, it needs a, a little bit of attention it's not warped. They t uh, he and John taught me how to look for it being warped. The bridge isn't pulling off that I can tell. I don't think. Ooh, maybe a tad. But they'll do that because the strings are too tight, I learned. And neglect. If you don't, uh, if you don't uh, play it often enough and it gets dry and the strings are tight, then it'll pull the bridge off. So which direction does this go to loosen? That way. I'm gonna loosen these up a little bit because I can tell they're they're tight. But he's gonna have to replace the strings anyway. And see if um, how it sounds when he gets it. And I'll st I I can't I can't play. I'm telling you that I don't, I don't know not a single chord on the guitar. But once he gets some strings on it, I'll strum it just enough for you to hear. Maybe let that relax a little bit. And also a friend of our friend John told us, well, kind of told me, 
that um, keeping a guitar, if you're not playing them very often, keeping it near a speaker, like a radio speaker or something, where the, the wood can pick up the small vibrations will keep your guitar in, in good shape. Um, it doesn't guarantee that your, your uh, strings won't need tuned, but it, uh, it helps keep the wood and everything in good shape. And I mean, I don't, I don't know how to explain it because again, it's, it's, it's kind of like Bitcoin. <laughs> I know just enough to be dangerous. Just enough to be dangerous. But it's got a few spots it needs uh, a little a little care, cleaning care. I'll let him do that when he restrings it. I don't even know what kind of strings to get. I know that it would be acoustic. These are metal strings. They're not nylon. I don't think he has any. Um, I'll be going by Pied Piper. As we go out to get dad's glasses, I might pick up some strings while I'm out and uh, see what I can see. I'm, I wonder how much they would charge to put them on. I don't know. Anyway, I'm kind of rambling. So anyway, I got this little guitar. It's, it's a child size or in my mind is a child size because it's a small one. Uh, it could be a specialty guitar. Maybe it's supposed to be that size for whatever kind of guitar it is. But I think it's just a child's, uh, maybe even a starter learner kind of thing. But it looks really neat. It's got the same kind of uh, sticker in the back that my good one has in there. And that's why I thought, I'm going to bid on this and see if I get it. And I got it for 18 bucks, So I'm, I'm happy with that. And it ended up being at the local Goodwill. So I didn't have to pay for shipping, which was another great thing. Because you can really lose your hat when you're bidding on stuff and you have to pay these outrageous shipping fees so I'm gonna that one string there it's hanging loose I don't know which string it is might be the G string ha ha no I'm gonna set that over there sorry if you can hear all that noise but I, that's fun I I thought about giving it to him for Christmas but then I thought well you know what because I've given him guitars before I got him a 12 string one time oh I was so proud of that and our friend John looked at it. I called John and I said, look, well, I messaged John. You don't call John. You message John. I messaged him. I said, hey, I've got this. Can you uh, restring it, tune it up, and have it ready? I want to give it to him for Christmas. And as soon as he saw it, he says, oh, no, it's warped. And oh, no, this, that, and the other. I thought, well, this is crap. I shouldn't have even gotten it. And um, I didn't pay that much for it either. But they ended up making it a little project guitar, and they bought this thing that goes on the inside, and it lifts, because it was warped, it lifts the face of it up from the inside to flatten it out a little bit. But once you do that, you have to leave it there forever. And it's, it's good enough. I mean, we're not professional musicians. Well, I mean, he was in the union, and he did get paid for a while, so he, he has been a professional musician. But we're not professional musicians. He doesn't make a living doing that anymore. And um, he didn't play guitar when he was doing that, so he played keyboard. But um, he made that a little project, and, and he, he was tickled with it for a little while. And I've got him a couple others here and there, but um, I just thought this one would be neat to try to get it to him. 
So there's that. That's on the home front. Uh, well, and we have some of our guests for the B&B. Some of our guests have noticed the guitars. I got him a, a rack thing, a uh, padded rack thing that holds, I think, six. It sets in the living room like we have any space for it, but it's in there. And a couple of the guests have noticed it and said, hey, who plays? And they get some of them get into good conversations, and they'll sit and pick. We had one guy that was traveling. He had his own guitars in the vehicle, and he went out and got his own guitars, and they, they, they were picking... I think for one or two o'clock in the morning. It was good to hear. It was fun. I wouldn't want to do it every day. <laughs> so there's that. Um, on a separate, totally, totally unrelated note, I killed my microgreens with neglect. Yep. I killed my microgreens with neglect. So I got to try them again. They were doing pretty good. And then, you know, life. So... I blew it, and I got to start them over. Um, as a reminder, this is episode 10 of the Holstein House podcast. Episode 10, episode 10. Um, I can't remember. You know how Sesame Street used to have those um, uh, numbers like lucky seven, and I'm just an eight, and um, oh, I can't remember the rest of them. I don't remember if there was one for 10. Three, there's three in my family. Three is a ma- is it three a magic number? I don't remember. But anyway, so this is episode ten. And if you found it entertaining, if you learned anything at all, if you were interested at all, I hope you will boost and share and like and all of those things. Especially share. Especially share. Um, I've I've put a little money into the promotion of the of the podcast to to get it out there a little bit but it's it's kind of I guess I'm not all that ex- entertaining <laughs> people don't want to hear what I'm talking about so I need to fine-tune that a little bit maybe change the order of things I'm talking about a little bit to to get people to to stop in and visit and share it around it's I really would appreciate that I'd like to think that that it's uh that it's growing a little bit so I'm still working on my Bitcoin learning. Uh, one of the things that I'm, I, well, there's a lot of things I'm wor- wondering about. You know, I'm taking that, um, um, well, I signed up for that 21 days of Bitcoin. And uh, it's it's really interesting. Um, I think today's day eight. I think today's day eight. I haven't seen it yet. But I have read the rest of the others. And some of it just makes perfect sense. Some of it I'm still kind of kind of struggling with. Um, I am wondering about now, this may be just because, you know, squirrel, you know, over here. Uh, at what point does it become more trouble than it's worth to mine Bitcoin? So um, I, I get um, Coinbase newsletters, and and one of them was talk yesterday was talking about that uh, the cost of energy in certain places of the United States makes it not really worth trying to mine the Bitcoin. And then after it halves, because every so often it, it gets cut in half, um, what you earn for mining, I think I got that right, what people earn for mining Bitcoin gets cut in half. So at what point does it is it not worth doing? 
mean, you have to buy some stuff. You you can't just say, oh, I'm going to, you know, I found this pick and shovel by the side. It doesn't work. You have to have a specialized computer. And that computer, one of the ones I looked at, I mean, I just kind of looked. I, I, I don't think I'm going to get into that. That's way over my head and comfort level. Um, one of the things, one of the computers I looked at was $2,500. So you have a $2,500 investment in the computer, then you're going to have to have the dedicated line to it for it to be running its calculations across the network and um, verifying sales uh, and purchase of, of Bitcoin. And um, I... I the only thing I the only thing I can do I can relate this in a way to my own personal experiences, and and my own personal experiences, primarily with my dad working in the coal mines, is that when the price of coal got down so low, it was not profitable for the company to continue to mine it. And when it wasn't profitable for the company to continue to mine coal, they ended up laying people off, laying off the coal miners, or and in some cases shutting down mines. But as, you know, as that resource was, the, the, the availability of the resource was reduced in the economy, then uh, the price would inch up and to where it would become profitable again to mine the coal. And so they would, mines that they might have closed, they might reopen and call back some or all of the, the coal miners. So that's, that's about the only frame of reference I've got for something like this. Not that they're physically digging in the dirt, but they're, these Bitcoin miners have the equipment. And in this case, it's, a, it's like a computer. Um, I guess really it actually is a computer, but it's not like a laptop that we're you know, typing letters on. It's a computer designed for this, pre-programmed for this. And you have this $2,500 investment plus your electric and then whatever you need to make sure it doesn't come offline because I'm assuming that if it comes offline, your, your SOL a little bit um, because you're not able to process transactions if you're not online, so... I mean, how do you, is it just simply okay, I know that Bitcoin, and I don't know what it is today, but I'm going to stick with the $20,000 mark because it's easy in my brain for math, because math is tough. Um, so, let's say that one Bitcoin is $20,000, and so, how, how, how much electric does it take? I mean, <laughs> to make it, make, or, or am I, did I miss a word somewhere and they're only getting paid part of a Bitcoin, like half of one? Is that what the halving? So they're paying half now and in a few years they'll split it again to half. I may have missed that. I may have missed that. So that's our, that's our Bitcoin discussion for today. Except that, except that, did you see what Maxine Waters said? about a congressional investigation into the FTX market crash. Ooh, 
Oh, I told you this Tuesday. I told you so. I told you so. She was caught. I think it was a Fox News reporter. I'm not 100% sure because I only caught, I was I had Fox on. I was coming through the room. I saw her flapping her trap about it. And um, the the reporter was not on the camera. It was like somebody from behind the camera or alongside the camera or something. Anyway, they weren't, you didn't see who the reporter was asking the question. Said, will there be congressional investigations into um, the funding of campaigns by this guy, Bank Freed, and his FTX exchange? <laughs> <laughs> and her eyebrow, her eyes got gigantic, and she's well, well, well. Um, you, you know, both sides took uh, took took campaign money, uh, so so uh, you know it it doesn't need to be investigated. Both both sides took money, and I'm thinking, what the heck? So because Democrats and Republicans both may have taken laundered money out of this. I mean, that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. It looks like to me that it was a money laundering scheme. Okay, I don't know that for a fact. We won't know until there's a real investigation done by investigative journalists and some kind of enforcement agency. But that's what it looks like. <laughs> oh my gosh. That they have to ruin it for the rest of us. They really do. They're all, there's always one. This is why there's always the need for some stupid government organization. Because there always is some dingbat out there. Greedy. Power hungry. You know. <laughs> Good Lord Almighty. Well, the phone rang again. That's twice this morning. Not that you noticed. Which is fine. You're not supposed to notice. Well, now who... Oh, my gosh. Y'all leave me alone. Now my phone's blowing up with messages. It's like all at once everybody needs to connect with me. So I'm not sure where I left off because I had to stop when the phone rang and it was my dad. And, you know, I stop everything for my dad because he's my dad. Um, I was kind of a daddy's girl growing up. Not those, you know, daddy buy me a pony and he buys me a pony kind of daddy's girl. But I love my daddy. I don't call him daddy. I mean, I'm 57 years old. I only do that when I'm kind of goofing off. On a day-to-day -day basis and when I'm talking about him and to him and stuff, it's just dad because, you know, I'm 57 years old. Oh, I was talking about Maxine Waters. So, yeah, the world is of distraction uh, news, and we want smaller government, except we want bigger government. It's going bananas about all these people who lost all this money. Well, I mean, I feel for them, but you can't regulate everything. And, I mean, that's the kind of read people like Bank Freed, Bankman Freed, people who do stuff like that's the reason why we have all these 
dumb, stupid regulations anyway. Trying to cheat the system. But he wasn't by himself. Because all of these political players were in it too. And I don't know so much that the current president of the United States and his family, immediate and probably a few extended, weren't playing this game all along. Now, I, I don't have, I don't really have a lot of time to, <laughs> I've seen little bits and pieces of stories that talk about that, that there, there are all these connections, all these, I don't, bless, I'm so glad there are people out there who are able to look into those things because I can't, you know, we individually can't do everything. That's why we elect people to do things. That's why we trust other people to do things. You know, I, I can't be at the PTA and watch the school board and watch the state house and watch the white house and watch the outhouse and do all this and know what's going on over in Ukraine and China and, and stay on all this. There's only 24 hours in a day and you got to have a few of those hours to sleep and eat and snuggle with your sweetie. So you can't do all of it. So you have to find people you trust who can do parts of it for you. And so I've seen I've seen stories here and there about some of the twisted behind the scenes stuff but I told you yesterday it won't be properly investigated because of the political involvement they don't want people finding out you know where these millions of dollars came from you know everybody's been screaming George Soros and yeah I get it but it's not just been him They've been, oh my gosh, this has been going on for a long time. And I'm not really sure how you stop it without hurting everybody. You know, I, I want to learn about Bitcoin, crypto. You know, I, I want to learn about it. I might want to use it. You know, I may want to use it as a form of currency to buy and sell or trade, you know, as an option so that I don't have to go to the bank and, and let's say, and I have had international guests stay here. I've had guests from like eight, eight different countries stay here. And let's say, you know, they wanted to buy some soap, I don't know, and they didn't have cash, not U.S. cash. They had a few of their home currency dollars, you know. I don't want to have to try to exchange that or calculate the exchange rate if we can trade in Bitcoin, you know, or something similar. Bitcoin seems to be the big dog, and I'm okay with that. But still, like I mentioned uh, uh, on the um, on one of the comments on the, on the Fountain app, um, oh, I had a boost from... Uh, H.J. And I'm going to get to that a little later about how much you guys are wearing me out. It's You're just so great. And he was talking about, you know, the, the Bitcoin and, and, and the 21 days of Bitcoin and learning and, and some of the troubles that I was having. I mean, we was just kind of having a little bit of conversation there. And he talked about the, um, uh, the, the rule of where you 
you should be keeping your own money, not letting one of the exchanges keep it, or keep your own Bitcoin, not letting one of the exchanges keep it, because if they've got it, it's theirs. It might supposed to be yours, but they've got it, they'll do with it. So I, I responded back that I've heard of that rule. It makes perfect sense to me. I don't have cold storage wallet yet. Uh, I, I don't have enough sats to do it. Um, <laughs> I said, if I lost all my sats, I might be out the whole amount of a Taco Bell dinner, you know, at this point. I do have the 12 word key and, and for me, understanding Bitcoin might be like using a car, driving a car. You know, I, I can, I can drive it. I know how to start it. I know how to gas it up. I can change the oil if I need to. I have a general idea that if I hear this noise, it's probably that. If this happens, it may be that. You know, so I have a little understanding. But I don't, I don't know how to build an engine, rebuild an engine. And I don't need to know how to rebuild an engine to drive a car. And to drive a car successfully. Or a manual transmission. I can drive a manual transmission, which means I can drive just about anything. I don't know if I can fly a plane. Hmm. My granddad told me once, if you can drive a stick shift, manual transmission, by the way, you can drive anything. But I never asked him about an airplane. Huh. Maybe flying lessons will be the next thing I do. No, 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 no. Anyway, hashtag 21 days of Bitcoin. I did finally reach Toolman Tim. Tim Cook, you know, he's got the um, Toolman Tim YouTube and he's got the Toolman Tim uh, fountain podcast and he's got I don't know he's on just about every social media he's got TikTok and he's got Telegram and he's got all kinds of stuff so we actually decided we're going to do uh, our interview on December the 5th that's a Monday and he's two hours um, behind me so it's six o'clock his time it's going to be eight o'clock my time I haven't decided if I'm going to run this as a live yet because of the time of day. I, I might do that. I, I haven't decided. I'll keep you posted if I do. We'll do it. We'll use StreamYard so there'll be video with it and I can put it on my uh, YouTube as well and I can strip the audio if I need to and, and share it with you guys. But if we do it uh, on, uh, if we do a live stream, because you can do StreamYard and not make it a live stream. But if we do a live stream, I'll let you know for sure a little closer to the date. I'm really kind of excited. His wife's going to join him. And um, I've got some kind of couple basic questions, but I'm interested. I told him, I said, don't, don't let, don't you and the missus share your answers to these because I, I shared him a couple basic questions. So don't. Don't share your answers between each other. I'd like to know uh, if you come up with the same stuff. So uh, it's going to be a little bit of um, oh, emergency prep kind of stuff. Not like dehydrated foods and stuff because he's more into tools. 
kind of tools you may a, a woman may want to have, a, you know, in her home and stuff. So um, while I don't, I've got just about every access to every tool known to man. That doesn't mean that everybody else does. So uh, I'm still, I still got to work it out with Lisa, and I'm looking for a couple other people. I'm not sure exactly. I might ask Stan. Stan uh, is a friend. He's he's more he's he's a friend of mine as well, but he's mo he's more of a friend of my husband Wayne's because they used to play music together. Stan is um is a big dog at the West Virginia Culture Hi and History Center. Uh he is the executive editor. I think it's executive editor. I don't have it in front of me of Golden Seal magazine. I might see if he can if he's got time for a, a quick interview before Christmas, that I think that would make an interesting topic, wouldn't it? Uh, uh, Christmas in West Virginia from his perspective. He's an awesome, uh, well, depending on how you view it, he either plays an awesome violin or he plays a mean fiddle. I mean, you know, he's, he's, just, he's just a master. He really is. Well, I think I'm going to cut it there, kids. Uh, I've already, you didn't notice it, um, but I've already uh, uh, run Dad all over creation. I spent several hours doing that and came back to top this off so that I can finish it up and uh, add the intro and the outro and get it ready to, to um, upload. So I got Dad safely to his uh, dermatology appointment by 1.30. And we ran over and picked up his BiPAP equipment. And we ran out to get his uh, glasses picked up. And it has been right at four hours. It's not a complaint, just a statement of fact that, you know, when you're an adult child and you're, you're dedicated to your parents and you're able to do it, because I, I'm not saying people who don't do it aren't dedicated, but you you have big chunks of your day that, you know, you can't be 100% on your hustle. And there's some folks that I follow on social media sites and the YouTubes and things like that that they'll get up there and say, if you're not doing 100%, you're not doing it at all. And if you can't do this, you're not going to be successful. Well, people, you know, some of us have complicated lives. And I wouldn't trade mine for the world. Although there are some things I want to do differently. Taking care of my dad, running him around and doing stuff, that I don't want to do differently. Because, you know, once he's gone, you, there's, he's gone, you know. And hopefully that won't be any time soon. But, uh, so I'm going to wrap it up here. It's going to be short of an hour, but uh, that's okay. You have bared with me before in excess of an hour. So I think it balances out. I really appreciate just staying this late. Oh, 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 I was gonna, gonna, I gotta tell you. Anybody, can you name that tune? I need to tell you that Oh, let me get my calculator out because I can't do this math in my head. Math is tough. Remember what I told you about math is tough. 
I've got Euphrosinos boosting me. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Oh, rats, where'd it go? There it is. 4,750 sats. Yeah! For my ninth episode, number nine, number nine, number nine. And he said, glad to be the first booster. And he definitely was. Then I've got HJ, who, along with some awesome comments and advice and help on a couple of things, boosted me 535, all told. Yeah! For number nine, number nine, number nine. And again, I totally, I awesomely, totally appreciate it so much you just I mean it really helps me want to continue and to do better and you know I can see that not all the topics that I'm sharing and maybe it has to do with the way I'm titling the episodes and I may have to do better about that but uh, there I, I can you know you can see you know what kind of interactions you're getting on the different platforms and and I know it's not as exciting as some of these you know, hurry up and do this or you're going to die, um, fear mongers, but that's all right too. That's all right too. So I'm going to go for now. I may drop in a little on a special, uh, in the next few days. Cause I, I really enjoy sharing with you guys and, um, sharing some of my questions and things with, with the Bitcoin and, and keeping up. And I do in enjoy the interaction and the comments and stuff. So, oh, wait, oh. I've lost my place. I'm getting distracted because I look down at the clock to see how long I've been and I wanted to cut it short and, you know, all that stuff. So, um, remember, I, I do appreciate your patience and, and as I, as I, you know continue to build this a little bit and if you're on any of the platforms where you can share value for value i really appreciate that if you've learned something if you felt something if you enjoyed something um you know if you feel that i've brought you value in any way shape matter or form i i hope you will share that value back and uh, that's going to be a wrap for episode 10, episode 10, episode 10. One of these days I'll have to sing for you. No, I won't do that. Um, so that'll be it. So please share. Please share. Let other people know that I'm out there. Maybe they'll enjoy hearing a little bit. And um, and let them know that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fair, fair podcast. I think it is anyway. So thanks a lot, and we will catch up with you very soon. So there you have it. Post your comments, do all that boosting, liking, sharing, thumbs up, and stuff that helps spread the word and poke the algorithms. Follow me on most of the big social media platforms and look for my name, Robin Holstein, or Holstein House. Till next time, bye-bye.